keep it on the ground. Dalvin Cook, second ever, dancing in the middle. Now cuts it out to the outside, and he will stroll, and I mean stroll, into the end zone. Dalvin Cook for the score to blow things open for the Vikings. The Sports Pen lives here on ESPN-UP, online with our app, Tanner Hoops, with you on Monday afternoon. Glad that you're with us to get your work week started. Hopefully you're just winding the work day down. We've got Charlie Bramer in studio with us, getting us started. Charlie, any big plans coming up for Christmas? Um, Not for Christmas. One out of town for Thanksgiving, and I don't think I'm really doing much for Christmas. What about you? Heading to God's country, man. I've got a flight booked for Friday, heading back to Iowa, spend about five days there, and reconnect with a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time, family and friends. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. It's funny, as you get older, right, as mm-hmm. you get into your 20s, right, Tanner, that actually becomes the point of the holidays. It it's does. not about the gifts anymore. It actually becomes the point of the holidays. We have football to recap from yesterday. Not great news for the people in this area. Packers and Bears, Lions and Bills, Vikings and Dolphins are probably the three games that pertain to our listenership the most. Packers falling to the Bears 24-17. to Minnesota beats Miami 41-17. to Those two results mean the Packers are not going to the playoffs this season. First time they've missed back-to-back since 1991 when Brett Favre first came into the league. So the Packers, best they can do is hope for a 7-8-1 finish. Bears are going to win the division for the first time since 2010. Vikings enhance their playoff hopes. They stay alive. And then the Lions, special teams, cost them a game against the Bills, 14-13. to Man, what happened to the NFC North? This isn't anything like how I thought it would turn out. Nobody's finishing where I no. thought they would in that division. Right, and I... I've been, I mean, hasn't that been a question for months now? Mm-hmm. What the heck happened to the NFC North? Um, yikes. I don't, the money that is in the quarterbacks in the NFC North, you expect at least 500 teams mm-hmm. and not even close. I mean, Cousins and Rodgers are both top five as far as their salary among yeah. NFL quarterbacks. Matt Stafford's getting paid. <laughs> we oh, all know yeah. he's getting paid. Certainly, I mean, Trubisky's the least paid of any of those, yeah. and yeah. he's got a chance to be a top two seed in the NFC. And that goes with the whole idea of can you build a roster in the NFL with all of that money missing? Mm-hmm. Can you put guys in, enough guys in place on your team with those financial constraints and according to the nfc north this year you really can't what a weird year it's been for not only the nfc north but all of football when you look around the nfl's landscape the eagles it took them about 14 weeks but they finally decided that they were going to start playing like a team that won the super bowl maybe all it took was putting nick Foles back in at quarterback because i tell you what carson wentz Loved throwing to guys like Zach Ertz. He loved having that big target, as he should. But Nick Foles loves throwing to everybody and distributing the ball a lot better than Carson Wentz did. I'm not saying Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz, but he's doing more with the Eagles receivers and the tools that they have over there in Philadelphia than Carson Wentz was able to do. And I'm starting to wonder... How much could Nick Foles benefit somebody this offseason as a free agent pickup? I think he should have left this season. He would have been great somewhere. You can't tell me that he wouldn't have been an upgrade over Josh Johnson at Washington. And, you know, I know he led his team to a comeback win yesterday. Or Josh Allen in Buffalo or Sam Darnold in New York. Can't tell me he wouldn't have been better than those guys. Yeah, and a team like the Cardinals, too. I mean, Mm, they went with Sam Bradford. Um, up in Denver, they went with Case Keenum. There mm-hmm. were so many places where you you would probably have a pretty safe bet in assuming that Nick Foles would have proved to be an upgrade. I would. That's probably pretty safe to say. I hope he goes somewhere this year. He's got a pretty sweet job if you think about it, though. Would you? I would. Would you take a backup quarterback's NFL salary? You have the low risk of getting hurt. Super Bowl MVP. Sounds like a pretty good life. You can make a career out of that. Yeah, they say, you know, the backup guys, they they say that's the best gig in sports is backup quarterback. If you can manage to hang around. It's kind of changed, though, I think, in the last 10 years. It used to be 
a lot more backups were those 10, 12-year veterans, Mm -hmm. um, guys you could count on to just basically know the plays. Mm -hmm. Um, But now there's more and more teams like the Packers where they're backup. They're trying to kind of develop somebody for future talent or future assets in that backup role so they don't have that older veteran. It's not, not as much of the older veteran anymore. But for some of the teams that do have it, like the Eagles, it can really pay off mm-hmm. having that older veteran on your team. I'd like to see Nick Foles go somewhere next season, go somewhere where he could start because I think he'd be really, really good. But maybe he likes being a career backup. And he's done more than a lot of NFL career backups have done. Like, you know, he's got a Super Bowl MVP, comes in consistently. The Eagles were written off last year when Wentz went down, and Nick Foles didn't look good in the final regular season game, and then they go on the run that they did and go to the Super Bowl, and he comes in and looks like he hasn't dropped off, if any. You wonder about some of those guys who have made a career of being a backup, guys like Matt Castle. He's pretty much written the script for how to do it. Nick Foles is maybe passing him up a little. I mean, I'd want Nick Foles over Matt Castle, would you? Well, as it sits right now, I mean, Nick Foles has to be... When you can go in and win an MVP like that, Mm -hmm. or a Super Bowl MVP like that, you've got to be just about the best backup in the league, I would say, right? Probably too good to be a backup. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, Either way, he's going to be getting money, so whether he's going somewhere to continue to be a backup or stays the backup in Philly or... You brought up the Packers and their backup situation. They got rid of Brett Hundley, who was just awful when he played in place of Rodgers last season, brought in Deshaun Kaiser, so an upgrade. They upgraded the backup quarterback position, but still, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Nobody is. Now that the Packers are eliminated, Rodgers has struggled with his health this season. Do they sit him and see what they can get out of Kaiser? I don't really think there's any way that they can sit him unless he's legitimately you know, putting his knee at risk going out there and playing. Um, These young guys got to get reps with him. They do. And with the practice restrictions getting worse and worse, um, I mean, those reps, they just got to get them. Um, Something's got to give. I mean, they've either got to look for talent in other places or these guys need to get on the same page or something. There are guys getting open, and Rodgers is just missing them. And that, I've never really seen it to this extent before. It it was always usually, oh, guys aren't getting open. They're not getting separation. And But now, I mean, there were some deep balls yesterday that he just, I can't, I couldn't believe it. I was astonished. Very and Rodgers like you, you were obviously watching the mm-hmm. game, and yeah, it was in the third quarter, and he missed... He missed Randall Cobb, which that was a little... There was a safety help. That was a tougher throw, but that second one that he missed, then I think it was the very next play. Ooh, that was hard to watch. And and when a guy is making that much money to to play the quarterback position, he doesn't get any misses. Mm-hmm. He's got to get those throws in there. When you're making that kind of money... Oh, and, and your sixth, seventh-round pick wide receiver gets that open. A quarterback cannot be the one at fault when he's making that much money. Well, that's why I was saying a few weeks ago, I wonder how much the firing of Mike McCarthy puts the pressure on Aaron Rodgers. He didn't want to play for McCarthy anymore, and he made that very clear. Now he's got McCarthy out of the way. There's no excuse anymore for Rodgers to be missing receivers like that. Now he really has to deliver and prove that he is a legitimate candidate for the greatest quarterback of all time. Now it puts the pressure on Rodgers because he doesn't have anybody to throw the blame on anymore. Yeah, and it's just so weird because his talent, you know, his physical ability is still there. Mm -hmm. You know, so you just wonder what, and Rodgers hasn't been someone throughout his career that you see get very visibly shaken, Mm -hmm. I guess, on the field. And is that finally happening? I it's hard to say. I mean, we obviously don't know. And he's always kind of, it seems like he's trying to play to the fans as far as what have they said the week before about his demeanor. Mm-hmm. And he tries to, he'll try to change it. It's kind of funny because he's just so cool out there all the time, good or bad. And fans don't really like that, you know, so he's trying to 
uh, always change his demeanor to maybe look a little more upset than he actually is, and you can tell that that's what he's doing. But is is he finally rattled inside of his head? And man, if he is, I wonder how long it's going to take before hopefully the off season will cure that. Charlie Bramer's in the studio with us. I had Rob Domovsky on the show last week. Yeah. He's the beat writer for the Packers yep. from ESPN.com. He thinks that there's a good chance Clay Matthews and Mason Crosby will both be in Packer uniforms next season, but maybe 20 of the 53 guys may not be. There, yeah. there could be a large roster overhaul yeah. this season. You know, Jimmy Graham was a hit and miss, so they need to find some help at tight end. The wide receiver position, they could use an upgrade. They've got some young guys there, but they're not coming along maybe as quickly as they were hoping yeah. they would. Aaron Jones did not return to the game yesterday with an injury. He could be a back going forward they could rely on, but you know, if you get the chance to upgrade, you do. I'm wondering, where do the Packers need to draft coming up? Because Gutekunst had a really good draft class his first time around. Not as much in free agency, but drafting, he's looked pretty good. Well, guys like Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark will be back on defense. I'm I'm kind of, I can't really remember, you know, all the different scenarios uh, Rob threw out there. But, you know, I've been thinking for a while that I could see Clay Matthews coming back on a cheap veteran deal. Mm -hmm. um, but Randall Cobb will probably get value. There's probably teams around the NFL that see a lot of value there that will pay more for him. I think he's going to only be next year. He'll be 20. He'll turn 29 next year. So he has a lot of value left as far as seeking a more long-term deal. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of players that will be gone next year. I'm looking with one of those first-round draft picks, depending upon how things really shake out, I'm kind of hoping they combine those first-round draft picks, trade up into the, I mean, he could possibly trade up into the top 10, top 5, get an impactful defensive player, mm. a guy, you know, like when their teams have been really good, they had Reggie White, then Charles Woodson, get one of those, and then obviously Clay Matthews when he was younger, get a really impactful defensive player, on a rookie deal. That's the key right now. They well, got there's some really, really good defensive linemen this year's draft. And and that, too. There are some really good defensive ends that could work in a 4-3 or a 3-4, really. Mm -hmm. um, but, and, and you wonder, you know, as far as their secondary, are they going to have to draft more in the secondary? Is that really still going to be a thing in Green Bay? How could that be after with all these draft picks? But... Is Kevin King ever going to be able to take a hit or deliver a hit without getting hurt? Mm -hmm. um, some of these young offensive linemen like Jason Spriggs, man, he was getting whooped yesterday. Mm -hmm. And when I watch him in practice, he looks great. Him and David Bakhtiari are off the line. They are so they have such good footwork. They're so fast. And it, apparently Jason Spriggs just doesn't have the strength to really hold up at tackle position in the NFL level. Um so is that a second-round draft pick wasted? Or what are they going to do along the offensive line? Um, there's just been so many injuries this year, and a lot of teams can say that. Um, are they going to release Jimmy Graham? Are they going to get out of the Nick Perry contract? Like you said, I'm sure Rob threw out a million scenarios, and I, I read a lot of his stuff, and I really like a lot of what he has to say. He does have, as far as beat writers go, he has a really good feel for that Packers team. But there's just so many options, it's hard to say, you know, where, what they're going to do, where they're going to try and save money, where are they going to spend it, what contracts are they going to get out from underneath. It's really, this is going to be quite the season of change in Green Bay. These last two years, I mean, that type of change is kind of unprecedented in Green Bay. Charlie Bramer's in the studio with us. We'll take our first time out. We'll come back and we'll speculate who could be the NFL Coach of the Year. And we'll take a look at the playoff pitcher. That's next here on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you Monday afternoon. Charlie Bramer's in studio with us. Tell the fans about the pigskin payday. No paper today, folks. Just off, off the cuff. Going the, big time. The pigskin payday is back. Head into Ojibwe Casinos each week to pr 
for your chance to win the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. I had a total meltdown during that. I had all segment to all, you know, uh, commercial break to prepare. Total meltdown. That was terrible. My first without the paper. That was unacceptable. You have two more chances later today. Thank you'll goodness. Be able to that, you'll be... <laughs> that was terrible. I'm like Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I just had a total meltdown, and I don't know how to react. <laughs> Charlie Bramer's with us. He's got a Packers hat on, by the way. Don't come outside the studio with pitchforks and torches. He can say that as a Packers fan. Tanner Hoops joined by Charlie Bramer. Sports Pen lives here on ESPN UP. Hey, thanks for having my back, Tanner. Yeah, thanks man, for looking out for me. Man, you're a friend of the show. Yeah, I mean, Blake, he would have thrown me to the wolves, man. Well, Blake's not a Packers fan. That's right. I'm not a Packers fan either, necessarily, but that's okay. That is Maybe okay. I'm just a nicer guy than Blake. You, I think so, man. It's that <laughs> Iowa nice. Iowa nice. It's a real the, thing. The Minnesota nice leaks into the Iowa nice, I guess is what it is, huh? Yeah, but you've seen that commercial. Minnesota nice isn't supposedly a real thing. You ever seen the movie Fargo? Oh, yeah. I love Fargo. I like the movie, but I hate the title because after the first scene, it has nothing to do with Fargo. It's all in Minnesota. It's so misleading. Right. I know why it's named Fargo. I know it's just <laughs> yeah. misleading, and it gets me out of that mindset. I I think the name. It's more you know with the they they go so hard on the crazy accents mm-hmm. and you know Fargo, and that's kind of it's kind of the is it the nostalgia of it all is why they the the way they do it. It's always like really windy and cold and snowy and they got the crazy accents that are way overblown in the movie and then they got to call it Fargo. I tell you what, a lot of those accents were certainly over-stereotyped. Certainly. But there are places where those are genuinely how people talk. Oh yeah, and I KQRS out of Minneapolis, St. Paul, they would do uh, all kinds of funny radio bits and, and their morning show and They would call people, it was called a cash call, and they would call people in northern Minnesota, Mm -hmm. and you get some of the older people in northern Minnesota, and they sounded like they were just off of Fargo, just right off of that movie. Well, hey, let's transition back into football. We should. Playoff scenarios and NFL Coach of the Year prospects. Who could be the Coach of the Year this season? Frank Reich could be an outside contender for this. That's so weird to think. After starting 1-5, and five, the Colts have a chance at getting into the postseason. Frank Reich, with a banged-up Andrew Luck that's getting progressively more healthy and very little around him, looks like he could get the Colts into the postseason. He's a name that is probably like Phillip Rivers is to the MVP. Probably an outside candidate, but a guy people should be talking about. Elsewhere, Sean McVay obviously is going to get consideration for Coach of the Year. I was going to throw Bill O'Brien. That's Bill O'Brien, I liked absolutely. Your, I liked your Indianapolis you know, approach mm-hmm. with that Coach of the Year. Because I, I was thinking Bill O'Brien. They're Bill both O'Brien, absolutely. guys that aren't going to win it, but, geez, they've kind of had their teams. I think Bill O'Brien's got a better shot than Frank Reich, though. After starting 0-3 and now being 10-3, and they'll have a shot to do it. Think about a few other guys who could be potential coaches of the year. Nobody bring up Jason Garrett. Nobody say Jason Garrett's the reason the Cowboys are going to get no, into the playoffs. Right. I, no. Um, yeah, I mean, what is the reason for the Cowboys? Is it is it really Amari Cooper? Has he really I don't think a, so. I don't think so. What What's done it? If it's not Jason Garrett, it's not Amari Cooper? They they I mean, finally figured out you. they figured out that they need to run the football and invest in the defense and now they're winning they realized we have Ezekiel Elliott so let's run the ball with them let's ground and pound it worked so well for Mike Zimmer last year worked well for Jacksonville last year not working out so well for Jacksonville this year no. but let's try it so let's give this a shot and see if we can start winning and they have it's not because Dak Prescott has had Amari Cooper to throw to I mean, this is kind of hard to say. He helps, but he's not the difference maker. Right. This is kind of hard to say. There are a couple coaches that also, they won't be in real consideration, but P. 
Pete Carroll's done a really good job yes. the last month. That's hard for me to say. Mm -hmm. I could never stand Uf USC. <laughs> or, yeah, USC <laughs> and now the Seahawks. It's been tough. Also, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, you think so? The Ravens have won some big games last week to put themselves. There was a ton of pressure on Pittsburgh last night to win that game against New England. Mm -hmm. And really, it was the Ravens winning that made that game so good. Um, and what are they, a half game behind yep, right uh, there. Pittsburgh now? So there are coaches that earlier in the season – things you know you could have written them off and not been too far off base but they kind of turned it around and to do that during the season that's kind of you know what else that's that's good coaching right mm -hmm. i mean isn't that kind of what you would look for and what what should we who should we have as coach of the year what do, what makes the coach of the year i mean that right there a mid-season turnaround that's about as good as it gets as far as coaching lamar jackson could save harbaugh's job they have to get the playoffs first and foremost they win a playoff game and they probably are going to keep harbaugh a couple of weeks ago we were thinking harbaugh's out the door and we're yeah. already thinking of a new head coach for baltimore and harbaugh probably like you said it was mutual he probably wanted to go mm -hmm. but now um, with a young quarterback playing well, man, what that can do, how that can change an NFL team's fortunes so quickly and change lives so quickly. I mean, all of a sudden the coach wants to stay now. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just how, just goes to show how important a young quarterback is in the NFL. And I tell you what, if the Steelers would have lost last night, we might be talking about Mike Tomlin being on his way out too. Yep, and I've been waiting for that for a long time i mean obviously the steelers have had some highs but they've had some lows mm -hmm. as well um and and there's other guys around the league obviously up in cincinnati you wonder how marvin lewis has held on to his job for so long mm -hmm. but there's other guys too that now that mike mccarthy's been fired i'm like how the heck are these guys keeping their yeah. jobs there's a good handful of them well, that's what I wanted to get into, too, is who could be the next coach to get fired. I'm thinking Steve Wilkes over in Arizona. He might be out after one season. But I want to stick with the coach of the year prospects. Andy Reid may be in the conversation because of how good of a season Kansas City is having, although I think a lot of people can attribute that to Patrick Holmes. But at the same point, uh, you've got to be able to give the coach credit for putting in that system that makes Patrick Mahomes so successful. Andy Reid, just another coach from the Mike Holmgren tree yes. in Green Bay. There are so many guys, uh, John Gruden, Andy Reid. There are so many coaches around the NFL. I've always wondered, when the heck is Steve Mariucci going to come back? Mm -hmm. And that, there's a name I want to throw out as a crazy hot take name for the job in Green Bay. You think so? I would love it if they hired Mooch. Be close to home. I would love if they hired Steve Mariucci. I don't know why he's never gotten back into coaching, but he was a great head coach. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he hasn't gotten back into it. I, I guess. would imagine he's still got friends in the NFL. Oh, he could certainly. get a job if he wants. I mean, Hugh Jackson has a job, and he's taken two different teams to last place in yeah. one season. Yeah, and and Steve Mariucci, just he just seems like the type of guy um, that would just go well with the Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Let me throw out a few more names at you. Sean Payton might be in the mix because of the success the Saints and Drew Brees have had this year. I don't think he's going to get it personally. He might be in the mix and be talked about. Matt Nagy could be the favorite for NFL Coach of the Year. Yeah, I could see that. You know, who's, who is, because I was going to say, who is going to win it? I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, but Matt Nagy, is it realistic to think he could be the favorite after what he's done in Chicago this year? He's so creative with how he gets guys involved and what he's done with guys like Tariq Cohen at five foot six, smallest guy on the field no matter who they play, and the weapons that he's able to utilize and the monsters of the midway on defense are back. The way they turned around that team you know, from just being mediocre. All those moves last year, I was not a fan of it. 
Well, I kind of was a fan of it because I thought it was going to keep <laughs> the Bears in mediocrity. But with what he's done with that team, you know, the way, now that you mention it, I can really see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they said yesterday he's now the first um, first year head coach in uh, Chicago to win 10 games since Hallis. So, mm-hmm. Pretty I mean, good company. I guess I guess give it to them. Give this can be the year for the Bears. They gotta have one year every decade. They can have this one. The Packers will be back next year. Everybody knows it. Here's one more name I want to throw out for Coach of the Year, and really, it's a name nobody's talking about, but they should be. Anthony Lynn from the Chargers. Yeah, man. Well, it's like they were saying on uh, on my way in today on ESPN Radio. Um, there's like legitimately 10 really good teams in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. and each one of their coaches has a pretty good case. Mm-hmm. I think Anthony Lynn would be a guy who makes a lot of sense for it. He took a Charger team that didn't give people a whole lot of reason to think that they would be successful this year. And Yeah, a lot of the credit has to go to Phillip Rivers, but coaching has got to play into it at some point. Yep. And the job they did against Kansas City the other night, the play call and the game-winning two-point conversion, the ability to win being so shorthanded, you got to give credit where credit's due. And isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Uh, a head coach makes that call, goes for two, misses it, you know, how he would be criticized. Yeah. They get it. It's just one of he's those He's a things. hero. He's, he's coach of the year. Um, I just, I, I would say probably give it to Nagy. I was going to say, you know, Kansas City with what they've done with the young quarterback because I just always think that's such a good sign of head coaching is being successful with a young quarterback. Um, But obviously that's what they're doing in Chicago. Give it to the first-year head coach. He'll be fired in two years anyways. He'll be be coach of the year, be fired in two years anyways, just like Reggie McKenzie, you know. Uh, ex- NFL executive yep. of the year. And now, now he's just fired. Let's just fire him two years later. Yeah, because Gruden's going to go over and be GM of the Bears. He's head coach and de facto GM of Oakland right now. Right. But they're not playing for the Oakland Raiders. They're playing for the Las Vegas Grudens right now. Yep. And, you know, it's just how quick things can change in the NFL. Um, I'm hoping Reggie McKenzie comes back and works in Green Bay again, but he'll probably get a GM job somewhere else. He's a good enough executive. He should. He Certainly. should get a job somewhere. Just another uh, NFL, just another guy going around the NFL making all these teams great. He got to start in Green Bay. I tell you what, let's take a look at playoff scenarios before we go to break. New England Patriots, they don't look like the dominant Patriot team that we have all come accustomed to, that we all know and hate outside of Boston. The Patriots are 9-5 and five this season. Right now, they're the three seed in the AFC. The last time they did not get a first-round bye in the AFC playoffs was 2010. Wow. 2010. They've had two games every year to get to the Super Bowl, and more often than not, they're there. And they're usually pretty good once they get there. But this season, it's looking like they may not get that. They've got some work to do. There's two games left in the regular season. And they are in serious danger of not getting that first round bye. Having to go on the road at some point this postseason. Charlie, their road record this year is 3-5. and 3-5 and five on the road this season. And it's not just the five losses or the below 500 record in road games this year. It's who they've lost to on the road. Other than the Pittsburgh loss yesterday, they have been beaten by Tennessee, Detroit, Miami, and Jacksonville. Those are the road losses this season. <laughs> Detroit and Jacksonville. Yeah. Ouch. Tennessee and Miami are okay. They're kind of bubble teams in the hunt and everything, but Detroit's 5-9, and nine, Jacksonville's 4-10, and ten, and they beat this Patriots squad. It's kind of funny, both for the Packers and the Patriots this year, it was a loss to Detroit that really was like, oh, what's yeah. going on here? And in both cases for Detroit, it was, oh, does this team have some hope? So, um, But just really seeing chinks in the armor of Brady and Rodgers. And oh, how much longer is Brady going to play? You know, 
it's you could ask that question every year um it seems like he hasn't aged in probably since 2010 Mm -hmm. um but yesterday had some real bad throws just like rogers some real bad throws made made some plays but man had some real bad throws Charlie Bramer's in the studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll break down tonight's NBA superstar slate. We've got the Bucks at the Pistons. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen lives here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by Charlie Bramer. Glad that you're with us. We have a Sports Center update coming, but first, Charlie's going to go two for two on Pigskin Payday. And the Pigskin Payday is back, heading to Ojibwe Casinos each week to pick the winners of pro football games. Head in all season long for your chance of the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casinos, Berga, and Marquette. It is time for your Sports Center update. Notre Dame head football coach Brian Kelly has been named Coach of the Year by the Associated Press. The new head coach of the Dallas Wings will be announced at a press conference tomorrow morning. They will find out who is the heir apparent to fired Fred Williams. And a judge in Springfield, Missouri, has sentenced a poacher who was illegally killing deer to one year in prison. Part of his sentence will be watching the Walt Disney movie Bambi at least once a month. Once a month? Make it once a day, at least. He was illegally poaching deer, and part of the sentence is watching Bambi at least once a month. You know, I wonder, was it like a hungry guy trying to get an extra deer for his family? Or was it just some not-so-good guy with a twenty-two in his truck, like shooting him along the road real quick or something real bad like that? You know, I wonder what... The report that I read said that he would cut off the heads. He wanted them for the heads, oh, and then he'd leave geez. the body behind. Oh, God. So it wasn't That's for food worst, or anything isn't like it? that. It was a weird guy, so hopefully watching Bambi helped straighten him out. So That's your Sports Center update. Tanner Hoops along with Charlie Bramer. Glad that you're with us here in studio. <laughs> NBA action this evening, Charlie. Fans up here are going to be turning against each other. The Bucks. Visit the Pistons for a 7 o'clock tip-off. Bucks have been the better team this season in 19-9, second place in the East. Pistons, Saturday night, they snapped their six-game losing streak against a Boston team that was trending upwards. Go figure. Right. The Pistons, like I said, man, I was waiting for them to go on a, kind of like they did last year, start off hot, waiting for them to go on a, just on, on a bit of a skid because, they just don't have the offense mm-hmm. to win consistently in the NBA. But they have talent. I don't know what their flexibility is going to be. I've been saying this the last two weeks on the show. They've got to make moves. The sooner you can make moves, the better. If they traded for guys now, they could flip them again before the deadline because there's enough time. Like the Bucks could move George Hill if they wanted to mm-hmm. before the deadline. He He has a... Very cheap buyout. I looked more into that. He's got a very cheap buyout for his deal next year. So the trade just keeps getting better and better. But are the Pistons content with what they have right now? They probably shouldn't be if they really want to be Eastern Conference contenders because they're in sixth place right now with two legitimate players who are going to bring it night in and night out. But they could be a legitimate team. If they get one more scorer, maybe. They get one more guy who can take the load off Andre and Blake. Yeah, and Tolliver went to the Timberwolves last year, last offseason. And um, obviously he's not the guy that's going to make the Pistons great. But I really thought that that was a loss for them. Mm -hmm. A guy that can hit threes off the bench and had some size. They've got to try and get some of that back. They've got to try. Like I was saying, guys like J.R. Smith, a guy like George Hill would have helped them out, that's for sure. Um, there, But there are guys around the league. Um, which one of the Morris brothers plays for the Wizards? Um, he would be an upgrade for them, a scorer. Maybe they trade for Tolliver back from the Wolves. But I don't know. They've got to add some guys that can come off the bench and hit some open threes. 
It's really what they need. Well, here's what the Bucks have to feel good about going into this game. They have a lot to feel good about, but here are a few of the high points. A couple of categories. They lead the NBA in three-pointers per game with 14. You're going to win a lot of ball games doing that. They also lead the NBA with 50 rebounds per contest. The offense is there for Milwaukee. Detroit does not defend very well. Boston didn't shoot the ball well Saturday night. They had one stretch in the fourth quarter where they went about eight minutes without a shot. And they still put up 104 on Detroit. I mean, they don't defend very well. You can say what you want about their offense and how they're a two-headed monster, but the defense has to be better for them if they want any shot at winning tonight. And it's kind of surprising with the front court that the Pistons do have. Um, and they have true centers on that roster. They can't stop Giannis down low from scoring. Not that anybody can. Um, but, you know, if if, if you can't, if your strengths aren't really a strength, well, then what do you, you know, you have your roster constructed a certain way. Um, one thing the Pistons do do very well is offensive rebound. I think they're the best offensive rebounding team in the league. But they've got to score on those offensive rebound mm -hmm. attempts. They're not a very good free throw shooting team. There's just so many little things that add up to, even though they have talent, they are not going to get it done in the playoffs against teams like the Bucks and the Raptors. And as far as Milwaukee, I'm starting to look towards next year already. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks are trying to make a big play on one of these free agents. Although, at the same time, I don't want Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton to go anywhere. Um, I guess I should just focus more on this season. Cause it's well, you get, you're a contender this year. It's true. And I should just focus on this season because, like you said, they're legit contenders. And this is probably going to be the best season in Bucks franchise history so far. If there's any concern for Milwaukee, could it be how they've performed on the road this year? It's a road game tonight. They're just 6-6 six and six on the road. There was an interesting stat I heard. Um, the Bucks plus minus on the road, um, their net average on the road is actually the best in the NBA. Mm. So that 500 record on the road is kind of, it's an odd one. So I would be worried about it, but once you get into more of the analytical stats, not so worried about it. Let's take a look at some college basketball. The new AP poll is out today. Number one team in the country, Kansas, followed by Duke, Tennessee, and then Michigan is number four with Virginia rounding out the top five. Seven of the top 25 in this week's college basketball poll are from the Big Ten. Nice. You've got Michigan at number four. Michigan State comes in 10th. Ohio State 15th. Wisconsin 16th. Indiana 22nd. Iowa 23rd. Nebraska 25th. Big Ten looks like it could be challenging the ACC for the premier basketball conferences here. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. You know, Big Ten has a down year in football. Mm -hmm. Basketball is going to pick it right up. It's good to see. Well, the ACC, while we're comparing, ACC in their own right has five of the top 25, but they have three top 10 teams. They have Duke at number two, Virginia at number five, and then North Carolina at number nine. Which so, one of those teams did you think is the most overrated? Most overrated of those three? I would like to say, like to say it's Virginia. Yes. I still... I keep thinking about the UMBC loss last year, and I know it's a different season and everything, but really they're doing the same things they did last year. Carolina, I know they got just dragged through the mud by Michigan, but Michigan's a good team. I know it's not Duke. Duke's certainly not overrated, and they deserve to be up there. It's tough to say, but something tells me it's going to be Virginia when it's all said and done. This is going to be a fantastic Big Ten uh, regular season and then the Big Ten tournament this year mm -hmm. is going to be so much fun um, teams like you know games like state Michigan versus state and just all these games that there's going to be and then you know there's going to be upsets teams like Minnesota and Ohio State are going to be upsetting 
some of these teams at some time. I hope it's not the Badgers, but man, it's just going to be it's just primed to be such a good year. Just don't lose to Rutgers, don't no. lose to Maryland. You know, Maryland's okay, but I think Rutgers. the Mark Turgeon era has yep. run its course over right. there. Yep. Yeah, just don't lose to Rutgers. Maryland is a step up from Rutgers, but Penn State's a step up from them, but yep. still not a big one. No. Um Iowa. Yeah. You know They're up there. Yeah. Um Purdue, I believe the Badgers yeah. already beat. Yeah, I know Purdue six and five this year. Well, they're missing guys from last year's team quite a bit, but Carson Edwards, man, he's no joke. And but I just you know they're six and five. I thought they'd be better than that. I did too. I, I think too. everybody did, and that's why they started off the season ranked. Mm-hmm. Charlie Bramer in the studio with us. We'll take our last time out. We'll come back. Some not so fake news, as it turns out, broke the sports world yesterday. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, winding down the workday, getting you to the 5 o'clock hour. Here it is. Here's the grand finale. My fingers are crossed. The pigskin payday is back. Head into Ojibwe casinos each week to pick the winners of pro football games. Head in all season long at your chance at the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. Apparently, reading that does help. Apparently, it really helps. Hey, but no paper? Pretty good. No paper. credit for that. Literally, no paper for me. (laughs) But um, I, I guess reading it does help. I thought that when I had it in front of me, I didn't even really pay much attention to it, but apparently I was because, man, it's been smoother. We'll just put it that way. Once again, we're glad that you're with us, and hopefully your work week off to a good start, and we're having something to do with that. Winding down, let's take a look around some news stories regarding sports uh, the last couple of days or so. Some fake news broke the Internet yesterday in the world of sports. Fake news. What are you talking about? That would never happen. One of the scariest things that you can hear in this day and age. In 2018, soon to be 2019, it was reported by a few news outlets yesterday that the Philadelphia Flyers had fired head coach Dave Haxtell and replaced him with former Chicago Blackhawks coach Joe Quenville. And then the Flyers come out and say, we haven't done anything. No such move has been made. Dave Haxtell is still our coach. But then news broke a couple of hours ago that Dave Haxtell has, in fact, been fired. Nothing about Coach Q. Nothing saying Joe Quenville is coming to replacement Philadelphia. Scott Gordon is going to take over on an interim basis right now. So I don't know who it was or what the deal is. Somebody broke a story that either was leaked and the Flyers were embargoing it until they can announce it at a later date, or it was total fake news and never happened at all. Yeah, and that's why a lot of times during free agency period in football, um, I try to not get too excited until the Packers officially release it on their website mm-hmm. because it's happened more than once. Until Rob Domofsky breaks the news. And then, then you know, it's pretty legit. It's a pretty safe bet that's in the bank and earning interest. How uh, how long ago was it Notre Dame fans were getting worried because story broke, Ian Book was suspended. I think it was after the Pitt game, and that turned out to be fake news. I didn't believe that. I was thankful for I did believe the Hackstall Quinville story that broke yesterday, and a lot of people did, so I don't feel as bad about yeah, that. Yeah, and that made some sense, though, didn't mm-hmm. it? Well, Hextall's got to be on his way out. I mean, Ron Hextall, the general manager, was fired. The assistant GM was fired. Joe Quenville's a good enough coach. He shouldn't have been fired. He will be a coach again somewhere. Gotta imagine that's coming. I actually had Ryan Stieg, the beat writer for Northern Michigan Hockey, here a few weeks ago, and he called it. He called it was going to happen that Hextall gets canned and Quenville replaces him. And lo and behold, it almost came true. Still might come true. Oh, yeah. Stieg knows his hockey. Yeah, yep. friend of the show. Always oh good having him on here. Oh, yeah. He knows his hockey. You guys, with your hockey, I mean, you're watching football every week. You guys are into the basketball. And I guess I kind of make up for it for baseball because I kind of go hard on baseball. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you guys, with your hockey, how do you keep up with all these names and all the transactions and everything? Man, between basketball, 
football and baseball, man, I'm tapped out. I don't have room for another league. Especially when you get a lot of the hardest names in hockey. Oh, yeah, There's a few of them that are real, real challenging. There was one in particular when I was doing USHL hockey back in Iowa. There was one in particular that I felt like I could not master. I finally do feel like I have it figured out. I did by the time you left the end right? of last season. Yeah. yeah, toward the end of last season, my last year with Sioux City was when I finally figured out how to say the name Artem Ivan Yuzenkov. It took me so long and for a long time that was the bane of my broadcast career. I couldn't figure that name out. Should have just called him Artie. I'm sure someone did. Probably you have yeah. to. You have to. That's why they just it's easiest just to say Giannis, that's for sure. Giannis, that one is a harder name for me. I guess that one is the new bane of my existence. For a long time, I tried to figure out which one was harder to pronounce, Giannis or Tua Tungavailoa. And I'm starting to get that one better. I don't have Tua Tungavailoa. Tungavailoa. Neither does like 90% of the country. (laughs) No, and that's just because that's another thing. I mean, I get into Big Ten football, but names outside of the Big Ten, I should know a lot of these SEC names. I know the players. I know... But when it really comes down to it, um, you know, you could ask me who was the quarterback. You know, you could ask me who's the quarterback of SEC teams, and I'll usually get it and stuff. But as far as pronouncing it right, that's a little much to ask, I think. Do you think Nick Saban knows how to pronounce to a Tagovailoa? Because I've worked with coaches that have no idea how to say their players' names. Does he just call them T-squared? Maybe. T-squared. Maybe. That was was Ted Davis's nickname always for Tim Thomas. 13, get over here. I could see him as being one of the coaches who just doesn't do names. Right? Numbers. Numbers, something like that. Yeah. That sounds like something Nick Saban would do, too. He's the business-like coach, but whatever he does, it works for him. So can't knock him too much. That's right. Just like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, whatever he does. I could definitely see him as being a guy that refers to players only by numbers. And getting back to making reference to that Patriots-Steelers game yesterday, just for the record. I want to throw this out there. I was rooting for the Patriots. Were you really? I just kind of, I don't know, I guess I kind of feel bad about it. Mm. So I just wanted to throw that out there and, you know, I don't know. (laughs) You're the first fan outside of Foxborough to root for the Patriots. I mean, I just, the guys are winners. They are. And I love winners Mm -hmm. and I want to see them continue on winning because yeah. it is not going to last forever it seems like it but i promise it's not going to so while it is going on you should enjoy it right patriots are that great dynasty in football warriors would be that in basketball you like the warriors no no <laughs> i thought you liked winners charlie i do they haven't sustained it long enough all right it all hasn't right. been sustained long enough alabama i don't really like alabama but as far as if there's not a Big Ten team in the playoffs like this year, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing them win it again. Oh, you're not on the Notre Dame bandwagon for the playoffs? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, there's, you know. Nobody else up here is either. No. Well, well, you're doing a good job on being that voice, I would say, and literally being the billboard wearing your Notre Dame clothes. Yes. So, I'm walking around with my Grammy Packers hat on every time I come in here, so I'm trying to even represent the Packers even in a down year. So it's what you got to do if you're a real. Yeah, hey, I fan, respect right? that. I respect that. The it's Notre Dame do. four and eight season two years ago that was tough for me, and I took a lot yeah. of criticism yeah. for that. Took a lot of jokes for that. Yeah, of course it's going to happen. And you know what? Now I'm seeing people around town with Bucks hats on and stuff. Three years ago, yeah, where man, were you guys? Yeah, I man, I had my, I was wearing my Bucks hat. Now you know who's the real fan because if you see someone with a grimy Bucks hat like mine, you're like, man, that guy's that's been that's seen some games. You mean one of the old ones from the '90s that where the color scheme is still purple. <laughs> yeah, the one, no, my hat's not purple or red, thank God, because mm. it was they switched from purple to red for a couple of years, and then mm-hmm. I was having to get new stuff constantly. But um, and and I don't wear my Ray Allen jersey anymore. Yeah. I finally put that away after he went and played for Boston and all these other teams. I was like, I don't think anybody even remembers 
that Ray Allen played for the Bucks, they'll think it was a different jersey. Might they would think my jersey was a different Allen? Yeah, you don't think of Ray Allen and the Bucks together. It's not the I first do. team that comes to mind. You might. Oh my God! Yeah, of course. I see him with the Celtics and with the Heat and the Supersonics. Seattle. Yeah. Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The Supersonics. Um, I thought the Supersonics were a great franchise. I, I love their color scheme. I love mm-hmm. their whole, and I thought they were fairly popular. And mm-hmm. it's kind of sad now they're the Thunder, and it's kind of a sad deal. I'd kind of like to see basketball go back to Seattle and bring back the Supersonics logo, their color schemes, what have you. Those jerseys were pretty cool. I'd right. love to see them yeah. in the modern day. And as far as the NBA, they, there's 30 teams, mm-hmm. and are they going to, I mean, they, could they go to 16 teams in each why conference? Not? Why not? I would say why not. The markets are there, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Would they add the two teams, though, or would teams have to move? And if a team was going to move, what would be the most likely team to move? I feel like they'll add two teams before anybody moves, right. unless maybe Phoenix and whatever situation they have going on there, the owner says, we're threatening to move the team to Vegas or Seattle and then backtracks after city council calls them out vegas is starting to become a city that's getting all these sports franchises they could be a landing spot for an nba team seattle certainly could be a landing spot for a team there's a lot of places i think would benefit from having an nba franchise yeah and just just with how basketball is growing like basically most other sports Mm -hmm. you know i've been saying it for a while people are worried about baseball They've grossed over $10 billion the last few years, so the money's there. Baseball's fine. No need to worry about baseball. No, certainly not. Well, hey, uh, we're out of time, but last thing before we sign off, stat of the day. The New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys have both been part of the NFL since 1960. Never before, Sunday, December 16th, 2018, also known as yesterday, have both of them failed to score a point in the same week. Yesterday was the first time ever that it happened where both the Cowboys and Giants failed to score a single point in the same week. And that's so funny because between the two of them the week before, there was no problem scoring. No, no. And then all of a sudden what happened to the offenses? Should have had some of their points roll over. They run into the AFC South, the unstoppable monsters that are tennessee and indianapolis yeah right charlie bramer's with us thanks again for being here my man thanks, we will Tanner. be having you on again after christmas so if i don't see you until then happy holidays merry christmas to you and your family thanks a lot same to you merry christmas everyone that's it for us we're back on tomorrow here in the sports pen espn up wzam ishpeming marquette